You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through love. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day day always free and available on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts this reaction episode with breaking news to react to brought to you by linkedin jobs these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business that's why linkedin jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free so post your job for free at linkedin.com locked on college terms and conditions apply that is a just divine coincidence that that is who this episode is brought to us by. As uh, we have an open job now here in West Texas, if you have not heard by this point in the day, Stephen Hamby out as the Texas Tech offensive line coach, terminated without cause. Chris Level joining us from Waco, Texas, America. And Chris, I know that as we look back at his couple of seasons here in West Texas as a coach, Still a lot left to be desired on the field as far as the offensive line was concerned, but that's certainly not a problem that was the creation of Stephen Hamby. It was a long-running thing that he was trying to correct. So it's hard to know what to attribute this move to as it relates at all or not at all to on-field performance. And then, of course, you got the timing of this entire thing as we're sitting here early on in the month of February. So a lot to process here and was wondering how uh, this struck you today. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I very, I don't know the right word is like shocked, um, but was not expecting this. If it, if it's strictly performance, I mean, you know, you usually make those moves, you know, post, you know, at the end of the season or anything like that. I mean, you know, uh, I think you mentioned the, terminated without cause and i guess is what his contract had kicked in for the year two what last week which is you know uh really interesting timing uh on on things um you've got a whole bunch of portal additions uh spring football is about a month away so yeah i mean i think the timing is really the the the, the major glaring like whoa you know kind of that's what uh, shocked me i mean if you if you make a move, you know, with, with any any of your coaches, you know, uh, in, in November, December, you're like, OK, well, you know, I get it. Somebody's moving on or hey, we're going to go in a different direction or whatever. But first uh, of February is not, you know, the, really the timing. So I, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I uh, a couple things I've known. I've known Hamby for. 20 plus years. I and mean, this is the guy that was blocking for Graham Harrell uh, whenever you were beating Texas. And he did unbelievable things as a player in this program. He was a Red Raider. His wife's a Red Raider. Uh, know her well, Devin, a uh, sweet, sweet lady. And uh, I, I, you know, thinking about them certainly. And, and, but yet having said that, I trust, I trust Joey's leadership. I mean, Joey's special and and you know if there's something that just they weren't seeing eye to eye which it sounds like i mean obviously that there was something there then you you, you trust coach mcguire on what, what he thinks is best for the here and the now but yeah the, the timing of it was certainly out of left field uh and you've got to go find somebody to to coach arguably the most important position on your team right now because Callan, we can talk about keeping baron healthy we can talk about 
how excited we are about Micah Hudson. We can talk about play calling. We could talk about, you know, defensive scheme, whatever, all we want. But if you if you can't get it done up front on offense, none of the rest of it matters. And uh, I, I think it's it's a very valid point that you make earlier in that the offensive line around here has really struggled from a recruiting or development standpoint for, I don't know, five to seven years. You know, where they, and they've had some bright spots and they've had some good players, but I mean, just in general, and it's probably maybe we were spoiled there for a period of time uh, when you just felt like that you were always so good there and you're, you're churning out NFL guys, but it's just, uh, that's been a problem spot for a variety of reasons for a while. And it's certainly not all, I mean, I don't think the offensive line was great either one of the last two years, but it wasn't terrible. And I think they were trying to fix it and throwing assets at it by trying to go get older and portal and trying to recruit well and give some time for those guys to grow up and and all that. But it, I guess uh, now somebody else is going to be in charge of that process. Yeah, and just personally as a fan, I'd have to go back, you know, I think even much longer than, than five or seven to feeling like you had a good group. You've had some guys that eventually became professionals that have come through, but it always seemed kind of singular as far as there's one here, maybe two there, or even if they were here at the same time, like their best days weren't at tech. They were somehow in the national football league, you know, whether it was like, um, like a Jack Anderson example, you know, like couldn't stay healthy really all that consistently at tech, but you knew that he was highly thought of from a professional standpoint, uh, winds up as a professional player, you know, guys like, uh, LaRaven Clark, Adrian Waddle, so on and so forth. Terrence Steele, I kind of look at some of these guys as like one-offs and then all of a sudden they get to the NFL and you're like, okay, well, they do have something in the tank, I guess, even though they didn't reach their pinnacle at Texas Tech or on the college level, which is no crime, by the way, continuing to get better is just fine and being your best uh, version of yourself as a player in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's been a long time since I really felt like there was a group that really played well together. You had some good luck from an injury standpoint to where they could build some chemistry and synergy. I mean, I like go back to maybe a DeAndre Washington era when you had like some back-to-back thousand-yard years. Of course, some of that was overlapping with Patrick Mahomes, and we know how many times he was in third and 12. So I don't know. Was it even great <laughs> at that point in time? It's been a long time. So I can't just sit here and say, boy, you know, the offensive line is not where you want it to be. So clearly you need to make a change with this position coach. That's not the overwhelming feeling I have in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, it was kind of a strange thing to process leaving this year when you have Taj Brooks with one of the most productive seasons in the history yes. of the program. Yes. And we we talked about like, hey, FBS leader in broken tackles. The dream is next year, break those tackles on the second level of the defense, not behind your own line of scrimmage, which a lot of those were happening, you know, like right at the handoff. So anyway, that's the performance side of it. You can make of that what you will and let us know in the YouTube comments how you feel about that. But the timing, I don't know, am I a fool to believe that there was something, you know, relationship-wise with Hamby and someone? I don't know who it was, but is that, like, foolish to assume just because of this timing that there had to have been something outside of the lines that uh, brought it into the relationship? Or am I building a bridge too far there? Well, you know, and, and I – you know, in, in things like this, uh, I don't know if we'll ever get the full version of the story or, 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 you know, and it may not even really matter to, to, to most, some will be very curious as to what the, the reasoning was or the philosophical difference, uh, maybe, um, 
you know, is, was, um, whether it's, you know, how, how they're being coached, whether it's a scheme, whether it's, uh, I want to be able to, to recruit, uh, these guys, I mean, who the heck knows? There's a variety of different things that fall under what, you know, a position coach is asked to do and adhere to at at the college level and everybody sets it up differently. But I, I, I just don't know that part, but yeah, I mean, I think something, you know, obviously what wasn't in agreement with everybody. And, and so that, that it, it's just, this is the part of the business that just kind of, to be honest with you, when you, when you get to know people and you, and you like all parties that we're talking about here, it just, it, it sucks, but this is, this is the nature of the business. And this is why, this is exactly why Cowan, whenever we talk about, you know, when somebody pitches the question, Hey, are you expecting any coaching changes? Do you expect anything like that? And I always try to say, you know, it's extremely rare. And here we are again in back-to-back years where pretty much everybody comes back, but there's a change. And Emmett Jones last year replaced by, you know, Coach Johnson. And here we are with, with Coach Hamby, and I don't know who will replace him. But, you know, it's just very rare that there's not something for whatever reason um, that that a staff come. But, you know, I, again, the, the reasons why – that's between, I guess, Joey and, and, and Hamby, and maybe we'll all have a better feel for that in time. But right now, I'm, I'm still kind of in the, the very surprise, shock, um, you know, again, at the timing, at the timing uh, of, of everything. That's the part that uh, I'm like, yeah. whoa, uh, it's kind of a shock to the system a little bit. Uh, and and I go back to, like, uh, I think Mike was coaching here one year when Jack Bicknell was brought in to coach the offensive line. And I think he went through the entire spring. You know, he was uh, Doug Flutie's center. That was his claim to fame. Uh, and, and Bicknell is here through the whole spring, coaches every practice in spring ball. And it was like in May or something. It's like, hey, he's out. Um, and, you know, he's going he's gonna to go take another job. And I'm like, holy cow. Because the offensive line spot on a coaching staff it's it's a it's a massive deal. The there's a lot of responsibility. You, you you typically have more players in your room than any other position on the team. Um, you, you know the that's the other thing that we should talk about here too is like okay, so what now? And my guess is I think you're going to go try to find somebody that is much more experienced uh, or or has some experience. Um, and maybe an established, but that's going to be costly. And like, if you look at what Hamby was being paid, it probably was on the very, very low end of power five offensive line coaches. I mean, Cowan, he was making just under 350 a year, like closer to 320. And I mean, I think you can go look around now and there's plenty of like 800 to million dollar offensive line coaches in the power five out there. Not that just because you pay somebody makes them worth that, but that's the going rate for, uh, a really good experienced offensive line coach at, at, at the power five level. And so it's a position that, you know, a lot of resources are, are put into. And so that's, that's going to be the interesting part here is what you replace Ham, coach Hamby with and what that costs you. Cause it's ultimately, it's not going to be cheap. Yeah. I uh, know that uh, at redraidersforce.com, we've already got a quick uh, hot list of just a few names that could be, uh, included there. So I encourage folks to check that out if they haven't seen it so far. And it was really a collection kind of all over some 
with uh, a whole lot of experience on their tenure, some maybe a little bit younger. I know one name uh, was Clay McGuire, a guy who had a previous relationship uh, and tenure, obviously, here at Texas Tech. And just kind of asking, I guess, out loud as I'm thinking here, uh, who do I need to contact to uh, announce my candidacy, uh, possibly for this <laughs> offensive line position? Because let me tell you, 160-pound, twisted steel, sex appeal, left guard knows every trick in the book. And that's who you're talking to right here. So I don't know. I'm just KC, throwing that out there as well. But uh, <laughs> KCPS Cowan and the PS. The PS stands for pure and sexy. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with PO, pissed off, because that's the way no, I had to play no. to get on the field. But it was, uh, and I know this is so early on, none of that's gospel or set in stone, and who knows what it might actually look like as far as the search, but it seemed to be a bit of a mix. So I don't know. I was, I was really wondering, is there going to be a focus as far as finding someone who fits a much different profile? I said uh, in the short reaction video I put up this afternoon, is it somebody gonna? Is it gonna be somebody that's much longer in the tooth? Like, is there really gonna be an intention to get somebody with some gray hairs? Does that even matter? You know, it could be somebody with not that much experience, but I don't know. They're like different personality wise. I, do you think that they're gonna like really intentionally try to find a different kind of mold here, or is that just too early to ask that kind of question? Boy, and that is a loaded question, and it's it's the it's I don't want to call it the million dollar question, but I may call it the seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar a year question. Uh, but because here here's all the dynamics at play here with with this particular position, and this really is unlike any other position coach on this on a on a staff a football staff. Um, they've got to have um, you know first of all, Joey's going to go with somebody. My guess is that. Either he or somebody on his staff knows and knows well. Okay, that's typically how this works. Uh, you're, you're not, you, you know, you're not going to take a chance on some, you know, a younger guy that hasn't done it before. I, I wouldn't gather <clears throat> because there's too much at stake here. You, you can't. Th this was clearly a position that needed some attention in the portal. They they threw some assets at it. Uh, they brought in what four portal additions. And it's going to – you could make the argument, Cowan, that, that this group will make or break the season next year. You know, that's just how important this is. But, okay, so does this offensive line coach, do they jive with what Zach wants to do on offense? Like, do they – have they ever coached tempo before? Uh, what kind of what kind of running scheme do they coach from a blocking standpoint? Does it jive with what Taj Brooks' running style is? Um, do they even have any idea what kind of pieces they – have here to work with and what they may be good at versus what they're not good at. You know, one of the things that I remember Joey telling me on one of his last coaches shows was, is that it was a self-criticism. He was like, you know, I've talked to our staff a bunch and he goes to one of our own criticisms of ourselves is that we didn't figure out what we were soon enough. And he goes, and that's going to be a goal for the spring and early in fall camp is let's figure out what we are quicker you know like what again what are we good at what are we not good at all those things and you're you're going to drop somebody new in here that is going to kind of start from scratch then you have like terminology and all the things that all the players kind of already semi know and then other position coaches know like coach Cochran and and coach uh, uh Johnson and on and on it goes so there's a lot to consider here it's not you know, um, and, and, it, and it makes you feel a bit, a bit vulnerable um, right now and that it's so vital and you don't really know who's in charge of it. 
but they, you know, you, you just have to trust the people in charge that they'll find somebody that they trust that can maybe, you know, uh, be a, you know, an experience upgrade or, or, or do, you know, bring some sort of age to the room that would potentially help. Uh, I, but I, yeah, there, there's a lot to consider when you're talking about a position like this. I know it's a long-term decision, so you certainly don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but also thinking about maybe the value in finding a really seasoned guy because of the fact that spring camp is, I don't know, six weeks away or something. I mean, (laughs) it's not only going to be some early enrollees trying to acclimate. There's going to be an offensive line coach trying to acclimate. Maybe it's a little easier for a guy that's seasoned. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just, you know, hoping that it would be that way. But, uh, man, a whole lot to consider as we roll through these upcoming weeks man appreciate uh some bonus time to react to this here this evening chris and i'll be back in the morning to set the table for texas tech and baylor of course as he's on the call there from waco so uh looking forward to it chris and appreciate the time as always cowan never a dull moment that's uh, right i mean it just does not exist and i thought oh man it's kind of quiet uh well no it's not uh but <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 try to figure it out together, and uh, we'll and, and I will before I leave you, I will say this: it's not going to surprise me if something happens fairly quickly. Because how long did it take them to replace Emmett Jones last year? When something, you know, like when we got that like you know curveball thrown at us, and I mean Juice Johnson was in Lubbock within like what a 24, 48 hours and hired, and away we go. So I don't know if we're on a similar timetable here, but it's not going to surprise me a bit if if something happens fairly quickly, but I'm not promising that. I'm just saying that's just kind of the, the what we saw the last time. So, again, yep. as we often tell you on these podcasts, man, keep your head on a swivel. Keep hope alive. Uh, we'll do the best we can. Keep your head up. Everybody out there, don't <laughs> feel vulnerable, even though I told you that I, I kind of do. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. There you go. And make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode, a reaction episode or anything in between, and I might as well just remind whoever needs the reminding out there, post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Chris, appreciate you, man. We'll catch you on the other side. Appreciate you guys for being out there and hope you'll be back to join us for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.